Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we're going to give you our Extreme Rules, the horror show recap, our TNA Slammiversary, sorry, Impact Slammiversary recap. You guys know what I meant. That's right. We're talking about Impact tonight. Wednesday Night Wars, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson shoot on WWE, and we do our NXT TakeOver do-over. NXT TakeOver The End back from 2016. That. And a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Inside podcast. God, it sounds like a jam-packed show. Dude, I was going to say, we're talking about impact? Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Job Pierre Lafitte. And out there in Edwardsville, <laughs> Illinois, we have Two Beer, Zach Palmer. What's going on, Two Beer? Vice was like, you got to do it in a French accent. I was like, I don't think I can do it, man. He's like, I know you can. Uh, how's it going, Zach? I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, like nothing new at all, like except just, you know, every day again is just the same, but somehow also worse. I don't know. Have we'll you, get there. Have you watched the movie Palm Springs yet? with Andy Samberg? Uh, no, I need to. I like Andy Samberg a lot. Uh, it's it's pretty good. It's it's a good one. It's a good one for date night. Uh, and out there in U-City, St. Louis, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I'll allow the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition from the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 165. Chapter 3, verse 14 of the Good Smart Sayeth, hashtag who the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Shout out to my girl Becky Balboa. I love you, babe. Ain't no BF, ain't no party like a BFR party because a BFR party don't stop. I am coming at you from South St. Louis, steamy, sultry South St. Louis. Man, it is muggy as fuck outside. Uh, but we're ready it's to talk. I mean, but outside of there. Oh, it's. I'm sitting on my porch right now. That's why I'm drinking this damn lemonade. It's pretty muggy, man. Uh, we got a. Bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. All sorts of stuff. The world of wrestling never stops, even if the uh, even if the fans aren't there. And you know that's going to be part of what we talk about. Uh, but before we get too far into it, JCB, why don't you tell us about F and B? F and B Eatery on the corner of thirty four fifty three Southampton, Southampton, and Marquette, home of the greatest, best smash burger you've never had. So let's relieve you of that stress. Slide on down, grab some curbside from my boy Mike. Dining room's not open yet. I just talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's trying to get that open sometime in the immediate future. But in the meantime, go support your local business. Get yourself out of the doghouse if you put yourself in there. Grab some smash burgers. Take the kids with you. Get them out the house so that way they can get some fresh air and get some little, little entertainment value by helping dad and grab some smash burgers from F&B Eatery, corner of 3453 Southampton, and tell them that Bam from Ringside sent you. All right, without further ado, let's get into that three counts. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. 
I'll do the bad part. Why not? I'll, I'll let Zach do the good part for once. Uh, usually we do chronological order, but since I said I would jump on this grenade, let's jump to Sunday night at the Performance Center once again in Orlando, Florida. The horror story, Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Um, I guess we always go with what's the big takeaway from it. Uh, for me, the biggest takeaway from this is that WWE just does not seem to know what they want to do. Um, even when you have a queer winner in Drew McIntyre, they come back and double down on a title match later on the, the next week on Raw. Um Sasha and Asuka, I thought, was amazing all the way up until Bailey decided to become the referee. And now, all of a sudden, her three count actually is quote-unquote official. I think you just screw the pooch there. Um, Cesaro and uh, Nakamura, I mean, that was the biggest surprise. And they won clean over the New Day, of all people. So, I mean, that was kind of, that should have been the precursor right there of how wonky this pay-per-view is going to be overall it just it it does not really lead me to want to come back to watch more wwe even when you have scenarios such as bailey and nikki cross really nikki cross isn't going to win let's just call it for what it is you can't have bailey even win in a convincing fashion. Okay, so she cheated. She uses the, the, not even the brass nuts, but the boss ring or whatever. I mean, it just, a lot of this is just bad booking, lazy booking, however you want to call it. For me, it's just lazy. It's trying to make the long-term goal accomplished by doing it in such a lazy fashion that now, it's, for me, it's gotten to the point where it, it's it's kind of hard to watch because we're seeing the same faces, we're seeing the same matches, guys that are being left off the show that that should be on the show. It's I don't know. Like I said, I'm just a little disappointed in the whole pay per view itself. I didn't really have high expectations to come into it, so to say that I'm disappointed kind of leads me to where I am today. Just the general malaise in WWE altogether. But like I said, for me, the biggest takeaway just more inconsistent, lazy booking that is going to try to get us to a build towards um, SummerSlam. I will say this, though. The Swamp fight, even though it was one of the few, and I'm surprised with that, Ray and Seth should have been CGI all the way, especially when you're going to have somebody's eye pop out instead of this little plastic fake eye that they end up using. How are you going to have <laughs> almost a billion dollars in corporate money, and this is the result we're going to get. You're going to give us the plastic eye? Get the fuck out of here, okay? I'll just say this about the swamp match. This is why I like Bray Wyatt, and he should be the only guy that should be able to do cinematic matches because it's original and it makes you think. I mean, Twitter damn near imploded because they thought that Sister Abigail was Alexa Bliss. No, guys. You guys see, I mean, it's so short-term memory. This is how WWE does this. They brainwash it so that you forget shit. People forgot that fucking Bray Wyatt was Sister Abigail at one point. And on this fucking podcast, we're getting ready to go neck-to-neck, toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye with each other, whether this was a good idea or not. And all of a sudden, 
You put Alexa Bliss in there and motherfuckers lose their mind thinking it's Sister Abigail. No, you guys, it's on the mixed match challenge that I didn't even watch. That that was a whole angle from that that Braun had to hodge for Alexa and people forgot about that. Like I said, I didn't even watch it, but that was the first thing I thought. And I was like, wow, that's a good idea. That makes sense. Zach. Ray Wyatt's matches aren't supposed to be physical. It's mental. It makes you think. That's why I love the Firefly Funhouse show, because it was a lot of irony. Plus, you threw in some, you know, real-life shoot. You had a match. It wasn't a traditional match, and it wasn't going to be. It's not supposed to be. It's called a swamp match, guys. You're not going to get guys getting pinned in a swamp match the last night, Jack. Zach, what was your <laughs> biggest takeaway? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with, like, the Swamp match, like, was it a wrestling match? No. Was it entertaining? Also no. But uh, <laughs> that was just Braun Strowman's fault, really, because really. I almost spit out my beard. Like, the, <laughs> the, last time, the last time we did this, it was John Cena, and it was awesome. And it was also a little more fourth wall. I didn't like the Alexa Bliss thing because, like, again, they're referencing Miss Max Challenge, which, like, uh, more people listen to this podcast than watched Mixed Max Challenge. Right. So, yes, uh, that, that is the, saying something. The whole thing, um, the whole show is kind of marred that way. Like, the ending sucked. I had no idea what the status of the, the championship was at the end of that pay-per-view. And then it, that was just the pattern <laughs> for the entire show almost after the new day and cesaro and um uh nakamura match like that was a very definitive win right like kofi got power bombed like fuck right through those two tables oh, that was bonkers it was a great match it was a great match it was good it was really good like it was a really solid over and i was like all right i was like i didn't expect that it was a really good match i mean those guys are all amazingly talented um and then like it, things just kind of like soured from there because we had a bunch of really good wrestling and it was always like marred after that back by like these goofy finishes like the Asuka and Bailey thing was or uh, what do you who was it it was um Bailey Asuka Sasha Banks Bailey doing the finish for Asuka and Sasha yes sorry Bailey doing the finish for Asuka and Sasha like and the Rey Mysterio thing I was not looking forward to that match, and then, like, they really entertained me with the wrestling part, and then by the end of it, it was just so goddamn goofy, and, like, Seth's throwing up, and I'm I'm just laughing because it's so ridiculous, and uh, I did like the Drew uh, and... I can't remember anybody's name tonight. Ziggler. <laughs> and, uh, Ziggler. Ziggler. Strawberry uh, lemonade is good, huh? <laughs> for, for real. Maybe I shouldn't have started them at 10 a.m., but, uh, but, yeah, like, they really like put on like a fun little story with like the the stipulation that drew could not cheat but ziggler could cheat and, and it made them have like an interesting kind of story-wise match but yeah the, the biggest takeaway was that this would have been a very tight less than three hour pay-per-view uh with good wrestling but it was marred by like wcw level 1999 wcw level booking right <laughs> like i was watching wcw whenever you know we all were like we thought this was the hottest thing in the entire world there's no way this could ever end it's gonna roll forever because you got goddamn 10 million people watching every single monday 
and then they just ran people off and ran people off with stupid shit like this. And now we're down to the lowest raw ratings that we ever have had. Yeah, they... and we didn't know the yeah we didn't know the outcome of three of those title matches. We didn't know where three titles like because the United States title they decided to tell us on the pay per view that they weren't going to have the match. <laughs> yes, like this thing was pre taped. Like what the hell is going on? And so even still, people didn't care enough to even watch the next night to find out what was going on. So it's just very telling. Like it was just not. It was disappointing. It was better than I thought it would be as far as like wrestling wise. But at the end of the day, my kids were watching a movie and I watched that in the bedroom alone. And I felt bad for like having not spent time with them and like spent time doing that. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start at the end with what Zach just said. Um, Apparently that big show Randy Orton match that closed Raw was the lowest quarter rating that Raw has had in 27 years. And they had, they had been in the entire duration of Raw. That was the lowest quarter rating they've ever had. And they Jeez took it off the pay per view to put it on TV so that they could get a boost of TV. Yes. And, uh, but I mean, who wants to see Randy Orton versus Show? Nobody. No. And I don't know if they think that having these ambiguous endings to three title matches, as Zach said, I don't know if that think if they think that that's going to have people tune in the next day, or does it tell people that they don't care enough to tell a story, or they don't have care enough to have a finish? Because to me, it's the latter. Uh, listen, guys, this this yes, there are people in there that worked hard. Ray and Seth Rollins worked hard. The tag match at the beginning was was really good. McIntyre Ziggler. Obviously, McIntyre's the shit, and Ziggler makes everybody look good. Ziggler, you know how when people talk about Brock, when we talk about Brock, we say, you know, when Brock's motivated, he can really bump. Ziggler bumps for everybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's motivated. He's always motivated. He always makes people look good, and that was a cool match. That was my favorite match of the night. Zach stole a lot of my thunder here, which is fine. Uh, The Bailey are the Bailey coming in, putting on the ref shirt, and counting the one, two, three for Sasha to win the belt is Vince Russo bullshit. And then when I started thinking about that being Vince Russo bullshit, Zach said WCW 1999. Nah, bro. That's WWF 1998. That is Vince Russo fucking uh, Austin getting crucified. Actually, Austin getting crucified is a thousand times cooler than anything that happened on this pay-per-view. The Swamp Match... <laughs> awful i'm i'm I, i'm just i i love bray wyatt braun Strowman was ruined years ago guys they have done nothing to build him up i'm sorry get putting the belt on him over goldberg does nothing for Strowman. and this shit is garbage i miss pro wrestling i know what pro wrestling is that swamp match wasn't it i was lukewarm on the uh, the Boneyard match, which everybody seems to love, uh, I was okay with the John Cena Bray Wyatt thing, but that was really creative, like really, really creative. Like that, that pulled in like other dimensions and shit. That was fun to me, and I, I also I was high when I watched it. I thought it was cool as fuck. I hated this pay per view. I was expecting to hate it, and then I was thought I was going to watch it, and I thought I was going to like it more, but no, I liked it less it was a terrible pay-per-view maybe the worst pay-per-view 
that WWE has put out there since we've started doing podcasts. I fuck it. And how long we doing pod? How long we've been doing podcasts? Three years. Yeah, I said 165. So yeah. <sighs> Jason, Damn, this might be. Go ahead. No, okay, my math is off. Three times two is six. So next <laughs> week is no. It's one sixty-six. This is a good is podcast. Fifty-two times three. Yeah. No, one fifty-six is fifty-two times three. Oh, Guys, I hated the podcast. I hate. I I love the podcast. I hated the pay-per-view. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm so fucking mad. I'm so fucking mad <laughs> that they like we do our predictions and. Like I don't even know what the circle on here. Like, did we right. get them right? Did we get it wrong? Like, did Bray is Bray the belt holder now? Have they announced well, it? Was, yeah, apparently, I mean, wasn't for the title. What? Is that true? That's what I was what like. Happened? Okay. Well, the Bray Wyatt uh, Braun Strowman match was a non-title match, apparently, because that's what I was. That was the first thing that I thought when uh, there's the match started or whatever, there was no title, there's no, like, real referee, it's not a title match. So, if I didn't knew there wasn't a title match, I'd have totally picked Bray Wyatt, because it made sense. That way, you'd had the title match for SummerSlam. So, I, knowing I, that, going gotta, into it... throw it out. Well, I mean, it's... I'm throwing it out. I didn't that, know it wasn't for the, the belt. Same thing with with Bailey and, or with uh, Asuka and Sasha. Oh, because, I mean, see, essentially, yeah, you're, you're having... Bailey, someone who is a non-referee, now, making the three count, and Sasha's walking away from the title. Hold on, hold I mean, on a second. I don't, I don't care either way. Hold on a second. I don't want to throw out the Sasha one because I was the only one that picked Sasha. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep that hey, one. You got to throw the Bailey out with the bathwater. <laughs> oh my God! I wish I had something on the pad here that could just be like a the sad trombone or something. Because that joke <laughs> sucked, um, but uh, I was also the other one that had Bray. But I I didn't know that it wasn't for the belt. In fact, God, we'll just cross both those out. I mean, that fucking sucks. That is, that, sorry, that's fucking garbage. This was a garbage pay per view. I don't know who who could enjoy this. Who was this for? Yeah, you got no, cross out the MVP Apollo one too, because uh, that one is. It, it, they didn't have a match, and also that's not my only joke involving Bailey and Bathwater. So just get ready. Oh, you you got another one coming? I I mean, I, yeah. Can't I wait. All the time. Can't wait. Um. So <laughs> I I would I would give this pay per view an F. This is it's it's a solid F. Like <laughs> I, like like listen. Even when you get an F in school, you could get six out of ten right you know so sorry it's an f like even though these guys worked hard and even though nakamura and cesaro who are obviously two of the most underutilized guys in the company and obviously when cesaro and nakamura get especially with kofi and big e i got it on my screen right now when you put these guys these four guys in and these guys have something to fight for Fuck, man. This this is the kind of wrestling I want WWE to have. It's a shame because this is just a terrible pay-per-view. Uh, Jason? Um, I'm, I'm going to stand on Money in the Bank for me being the worst pay-per-view of WWE 
2020 so far. Hell, we've got people on that pay-per-view you ain't seen on this pay-per-view and haven't seen on TV in weeks. So you tell well, how you want to tell. We got that awesome Carmelo ring gear, though. So that bumped it up at least three-letter grades. Let me ask you this before we move on to some wrestling that was, I know, it's unbelievable to say, some wrestling that was actually good on Impact. Um, what's been the best cinematic match for you guys thus far? And how do you feel about cinematic matches? Because if I would have known that that wasn't for the belt and they put it on last, I would have been, I, I, like now I'm even more furious that they put it on last, but it wasn't for the belt. Like have Ziggler versus McIntyre yeah. for the belt. McIntyre, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. If it's not for the champion, is... if it's not for the championship, and you're gonna have a swamp match, <laughs> then it then don't make it the main event. Yeah, yeah, I gotta agree. I mean, I answer the question for me, and I, I already kind of said it. For me, the Firefly Funhouse, I thought was the best cinematic match they've done so far. Um, I know Boneyard match is the one that everybody goes back to, and that's well and good. I don't knock anybody for it. To me, the Boneyard match was what a cinematic match should be. It got, you know, a good old over-the-top at points, but it was still a wrestling match nonetheless. To me, like I said, Firefly Funhouse was the mind of Bray Wyatt. It wasn't just straightforward. You had to actually think about what was being said, pay attention to what was being said, sprinkled some comedy in, and then you had the match. Now, the Swamp match was not nearly as good, but still, once again, same concept. Well, I want to say this, that I'm asking in the COVID era, because I think that the Hardy Compound one, the very first one, is probably the best one ever. But, um, Zach, what's your favorite cinematic, quote-unquote, cinematic match that they've had thus far? Um, For WWE, it was the fun house for sure because that was just so creative and fun um but my i think you got to throw a stadium stampede in there because that was not like a live shot one and that was my favorite match of the COVID era as far as like that those kind of things go i had so much fun with that match um i think just... i think that my favorite uh was gargano champa but I like the one. I like the Firefly Funhouse a lot too. The the Stadium Stampede, I wasn't even thinking about that one. That I mean that was legit incredible. <laughs> like it was so fucking cool. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I maybe I just got COVID fatigue, which is not the same as COVID because I did test negative. Thanks guys uh, for asking. But. Um, <laughs> But uh, I just got, I have these. I, I, put your business in the street. I have, <laughs> I, have, I have cinematic match fatigue, I think so. But unless you guys have anything else to add, we can move on. No, I just, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to that. Two count. One, two, three. You're welcome, by the way, two beers. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. Two beer, go ahead. What's the two count? This was a lot more fun. I actually watched both of these shows on Sunday. It was a lot more so, fun. Like, I, I started the day uh, Sunday morning because I was just busy Saturday night. So I watched this on Sunday morning. And, I mean, we had, like, a fun impact show. Like, uh, so just, like, running down the card, like, the Rascals had an open challenge, which the only one of the Rascals that I know is Trey Miguel, who I've seen him in MLW. 
uh, and I don't watch Impact week to week. I catch it every now and then, but like um, these guys had a Wentz really fun. And Trey Miguel were the, the tag team, but go ahead, I got you. Yeah, uh, these guys had a really fun match with uh, the returning Motor City Machine Guns, who were like total veterans, um, and uh, they of course went over, uh, and they're going to like have like a title match, like that earned them like a title match. Uh, I guess Tuesday. Did that already happen? Yes, it did. Nice. What happened with that? Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns won that title match, defeating the North. Uh, the North were the longest reigning oh, tag so team champions. Yeah, over a calendar year. They won it the day before Slammiversary and then obviously lost it a couple of days after Slammiversary in 2020. So the Motor City Machine Guns did end up going over and now. They are the new Impact Tag Team Champions. That's cool. I mean, Shelly and Sabian are super talented. They're both, like, former X Division uh, champions in their own right, and they former tag team champions. But uh, I feel like watching them right then in that match, I'm like, these guys are better than they've ever been. Like, when I've watched them, like, previously, they're, like, they're both so good. And those young rascal dudes, like Trey McGill, and then the other one that, like you said, you said Wentz, they really impressed me. Like this was like a very solid curtain jerker. I really liked it. Uh, and then after that, we had Moose and Tommy Dreamer, which like Moose is like a total athlete. Like he's awesome. Tommy Dreamer is just old. They had a hardcore match for no fans and it sucked. Like it just, you know, it just was what it was. But uh, I mean, like if, that's your bag then i can see like maybe like enjoying it but like doing the, this kind of stuff in front of no fans uh sucked and like moose's outfit looked great he's got this this knockoff tna title and he has like matching ring gear i really like that but like i mean otherwise like it was what it was um after that we had the worst match of the night uh i'm kind of done with just tax again. stipulations though What's too that? i'm kind of done with the tax uh, they worked, which we'll talk about next next time. They worked. I was getting time. ready to say, man, according to this uh, group text that I was on, all y'all was go marking out about that last night. No, I I didn't they mark really out worked. about tax. We can we can get to the tax. We can get to Wednesday Night Wars later. But yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying, but um, just to do them, to do them, just to do them, it's it's you know why do it? But uh, whenever you're telling a story like. Uh, they did last night. It's it's different, but we had a, a gauntlet match for the knockouts, and man, this thing just dragged, and like the wrestling wasn't that good, and it was like the X. You know, they have a really good women's division and Impact, but like they tried to do this comedy, and then who was the asshole? Like Jason, you watch it more than I do. Who was the asshole guy that kept coming out? Um, and Johnny Bravo the match. Johnny Bravo, yeah. And he was dressed as like all these different people. It was just like it fell so flat. And it okay, just all right, all forever. right. Let me jump in because I watch Impact on the week to week basis. So I will try to throw a little backstory as quick as humanly possible. You watch Impact every this, week. I watch Impact every week. It's better than SmackDown, and I'll put that on anything. I don't um, watch that either. <laughs> well, trust me, it's okay. It's better than Monday Night Raw. And it's an hour left. I only watch an hour of that, and I usually fall asleep. Okay, well then, uh, either way, that You matters. can't <laughs> own me, Jason. I'm unownable. 
<laughs> really? No, go I'm ahead. Sure go, I can find go, a come on, there come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to the point. That I'm Leave me alone. Johnny Bravo is um, is obviously Taya's right hand, but he has the thing for Rosemary. So they basically are using him. They were both trying to use him to get, you know, to win the match or whatever the case may be. So that's why Bravo came out early dressed as um, Tayo or whatever, got eliminated, came in later as Rosemary, eliminated. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it's weird. It doesn't matter. Don't get me wrong. This was WWE sports entertainment at its finest. And for me, like I said, not my favorite part and probably the worst part of the, the pay-per-view, but that's the backstory. Johnny Bravo is basically trying to help both girls so he doesn't piss off any girls. Just reminded me of um, whenever um, James Ellsworth like took the money in the bank, right? Just getting himself involved, like seemed very Ellsworth like. It just bugged me. No, but the like main, I said, main... that's the the sports entertainment angle of it. So you know, it you got to yeah, take a little story with the bad. Here, sure, the main story here was Kylie Ray, who was first in and last out, so she won. She's a number one contender, which they haven't had that match, right? That, that didn't no, like they uh, they basically set it up where backstage Kylie Ray approached. Um, I'll just say it. Spoiler alert: Deanna Brazo, and they were going to shake hands, but then Deanna tried to put uh, Kylie Ray in the arm bar. Didn't work, and they got separated. So they basically have uh, crossed past the matches, quote unquote, set, but they haven't put a uh, a date on it just yet. Right on. Uh, yeah, Kylie Ray's awesome. Like, uh, I'm actually like it's good that she's in Impact because uh, they she has like good women to work with. But it's a bummer that she's not on AEW because I watch that every week. <laughs> but um, after that, we had uh, Heath Slater showing up and much less impactful, no pun intended, than whenever he showed up on Raw uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, definitely Heath, had, Heath like, Miller, right? Issues with the mic. Yeah, Heath Heath Miller. Or they, I think they just called him Heath. I don't think they even. Yeah, said I, I don't think they even gave him a last name. Yeah, but Miller is his real last name. But uh, yeah, like he came out. They had some audio things, so like you, the the audio was not like being piped into the broadcast. It was just like you could just hear it in the stadium. So that that I think made it like fall a little bit flat. But like that was like his debut, and he like basically said like he'll get involved in any of these matches like that they had like surprise entrances for matches that were coming up right um and then he even said he would he would uh answer the open challenge uh, of the rascals with rhino uh because rhino's an impact which is funny because like that match had already happened like two matches ago (laughs) uh then some dude who i i can't even remember i'm sorry like he came out uh and basically like said that to him he's like hey we're in like eastern time or whatever he's like that match already happened uh, but I don't Raju. know that guy. Rohit okay. Raju came out. He, he's uh, Hakeem Zane for those who are uh, Glory Pro uh, regulars that go to Glory Pro shows. He is the Glory Pro Midwestern champion. Oh, nice. Well, I let's mean, I'm let's sure I've, let's I'm let, sure I've seen him then. Let's talk about let's talk about the the good stuff that happened. Let's talk about the the two what I thought were great matches at the end and uh the end was also pretty newsworthy yeah so 
we can skip to the end. Um, Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, they had a really good match, uh, I thought. And uh, Deanna Perrazzo is the new Impact uh, Women's Champion. So, uh, Knockouts Championship, rather. Uh, and Grace, like, tapped, right? Like, I mean, she's a really strong champion and a really strong Verbally like, tapped, was about saying yeah. <laughs> she basically had like a double arm bar kind of like a rings of saturn kind of thing on her and she literally said i quit or whatever so that was a pretty uh, great match though i really liked it a lot it was the match of the night up to the main event might have ended up being the match of the night anyway even though the tag match i was i was upstairs while you were talking about the tag match um got great at the end like the last five minutes of that tag match the opening match but i love that women's match yeah really good uh, and then the uh, main event, Ace Austin, uh, also I'm more familiar with him from MLW, Eddie Edwards, uh, Trey Miguel, um, and um, a mystery person, right? Which actually ended up being two mystery people. So right. uh, the first mystery person ends up being Rich Swan, um, who was out with a leg injury and he was on the show earlier and threw a total swerve at us because it was assumed that he was still out with injury. So. He comes out, and then uh, Eric Young is the fifth person. And this was originally supposed to be a five-way anyway because it was going to have Michael Elgin and, um, oh, what's her name? Um, yeah, the first woman to ever hold a title, male yeah. heavyweight God championship. Yeah, that Christ. woman. Come on now. Yeah. Come on now. Know, I'll get there. But Come on now. Blanchard. Uh, there you go. Yay! <laughs> it's just these lemonades. I don't know. I'll tell but, you what. Uh, that that Rich Swan, when he gets a chance to really stretch out in a match, he is fucking great. Just absolutely great. He's he's really good. It's a bummer. Like he had like a he got released on like some like domestic stuff that actually ended up being like not true. Like so right. he just like lost his job in WWE and like they weren't like oh come back they were just like yeah whatever like we won't have anything for you anyway because you know you're black they don't have anything for so many people yeah that's probably part of it that too yeah, yeah I was gonna say that too yeah so uh, but I mean this was a really well worked main event um, all these guys were awesome like uh, Eric Lo- Eric Young looking way better than he has in years in WWE. Like, I don't ever remember seeing this guy work like that whenever he was like insanity. Um, so he was, this was just a, he's a former, a lot of fun. he's a former impact champ though. Right. I mean, yeah, oh, I was yeah. watching back then. Yeah. But yeah, he, he is, he's a former champ for sure. Yeah. That was going to say he, they made him champion, like a, a real big, like baby face angle that got over big. So, yeah. Mean, when I used to watch, I used to watch TNA all the time. And, um, like when Bischoff was there and stuff. And I remember Eric Young was a comedy guy for a while, and then they they made him like a serious contender, and then they made him champ. And I, I remember I wasn't watching at the time, and I was like, Eric Young's champ? And then I turned it on. I was like, oh, no, he's kind of badass. I thought them putting the – Jason, what do you think about them putting the belt on Eddie Edwards? Uh, I think Eddie Edwards is – if you watch the show regularly – he was a former champion and it's been five years since he's become champion again. And in that five years, you know, there's been, you know, he got almost got his eye out taken by Sammy Callahan and he's gone through, you know, marital woes on the show, so on and so forth. So, Is I mean, he the best worker in the company, him and Rich Swan, you think? 
Um, I like Ace Austin a lot. I think he doesn't get enough play. Um, just off of the top of my head, I want to say yes. But I want to throw Ace Austin in there. I'm sure I'm missing okay. one other person that I, I'm not thinking of. Uh, Trey Miguel, I think, is really good. I, uh, even though he was the first two to get eliminated, I think he has a lot of potential. The guy that lost just, the guy that lost the X Division title on Slammiversary. Willie Mack, thank you. Okay, yeah. there you go. Two other guys, Willie Mack and Chris Bay. Yeah, that was a, a great match right yeah. there. I thought that was good. That could have been arguably the match of the night, too. Right. So, I mean... Just Eddie Edwards is probably one of the best. If there's three or four out there, Willie Mack, I think, is amazing for a guy his size to do what he does. Just, you know, if you hate flips, then this is probably just going to be a knock against him. But, I mean, 275 doing standing moonsaults, uh, stand shoe star press, whatever you want to call it. I think that's just absolutely amazing. Um, overall, I think the. the this was a good pay-per-view in the sense that they took advantage of the situation given where the good brothers kind of got that ball rolling on Twitter and it kind of picked up a little momentum to where when I finally watched it, I guess that was Sunday morning. I was excited to watch it. You know, don't, don't get on Twitter. Don't get on Facebook. You know, I want to avoid spoilers, you know, excited. Um, I just think the biggest thing that we, people are going to have to just realize, and and I'm not advocating to watch Impact because I mean I watch everything, but if you're going to watch Impact, it, just recognize that this is not going to be WWE. They're not going to do things the way WWE does. This well, kind of leans more towards wrestling with some sports entertainment kind of sprinkled into it, which for me that's. A nice little balance. I don't need a lot of comedy, but Johnny Bravo, Rosemary, and Ty Valkyrie is to me one of the better, you know, comedy elements that they have in the whole program itself. So you'll have something to laugh about. But for me, I thought this was a, a blessing in disguise. It won the weekend hands down, especially when you got Deanna Perrazzo, another quote unquote WWE reject left there, came to Impact, and within a month, they built her up and became the champ. That just goes to show to me that WWE has a focus on certain people, certain ideas, and damn everybody else. Eric Young said he hadn't wrestled a, a, in almost four months. Damn near two years, if you wanted to stop and think about it. How can Eric Young not wrestle in almost two damn years? Yeah, I know. That doesn't even make uh, sense to me. Here's, here's the thing that, that Impact needs to walk a fine line doing is that now that they have the good brothers who I love and we'll talk about their podcast if we have time later and now that they have EC3 and now that they got Heath Slater and Eric Young's back and everything but they need to avoid doing is looking like uh WWE light so they need to they need to book wrestling they need to make it about wrestling they need to make it less sports entertainment like Jason said um Zach, uh, last thoughts on Slammiversary before we move on? Yeah, it's just a fun show. Uh, they definitely lean heavy into all of, like, they do a lot of name dropping and commentary and stuff. Like, they're constantly referencing, you know, people in other companies that were in their company once, which is totally fair. It's just different than what a lot of other people do. And I just don't think they're as worried as much about being WWE. Like, they, like, they put on a presentation 
and like you know you're not getting you know you're gonna get good wrestling and it's gonna be a fun show but like they're not trying to be like the the major leagues right like they're they're very much kind of like okay with their um i wouldn't say like they're not trying to be the major leagues they, they want to have like a good show obviously but like they like it's like just obvious it's like they're like a b team wrestling right and like it's totally fine because it's still really good yeah the only it's, re- it's actually sometimes better than the than the a team wrestling yeah the only reason i say that is because um when they put Heath Slater and Rhino on the screen together, I know that there's some history there. It's like, well, don't don't put them together as a tag team, especially if you it's like just have it be something totally new. Like keep the Good Brothers together, obviously, but Heath Slater and Rhino, unless one turns on the other one or something, like first time out. And I only watched half. I did actually tune in to Impact on Tuesday night for a little while. I just you know I just I just don't think that. You need to put that in people's minds that that was, I mean, because that was almost kind of a secondary, like, thrown together thing on WWE at the time. The only reason it worked is because Heath Slater started getting over. It really wasn't Rhino. Um, but um, I guess my last thoughts are I, I can't believe that Tommy Dreamer and Ken Shamrock are still out there trying to do it. This poor Dude, Ken bastard. Shamrock looked, looked terrible, like, he looks good physically. Like, yeah. I just can't believe he looks so good. Uh, but, like, oh, my God, whenever he dove in the top rope and nobody caught him, like, yeah, I he, couldn't believe it. He looks great, but he's old as fuck. You know, he's like he's like Carol Burnett or Jason Bell. You know, let's get to that three count. <laughs> Ain't this one, two, three. <laughs> He is just like thoroughly entertained by the oh, fact man. that he stuck I, that with you. I'm my own biggest fan, man. Uh, so we had the, <laughs> we had the Wednesday Night Wars uh, last night, and I'll tell you what. I really enjoyed a few things about both. We'll start off with AEW. We had Cody issuing his TNT Open Challenge. And here comes Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston has been around the way for a long time. Cut a really good promo on Cody before the match, talking about, like, yeah, you've been around a bunch of has-been, uh, I forget the legends, and I spent my life around drunks. He's like, I'm tougher than you. They had kind of a hardcore match. I said it before. They had a, they had a thumbtack spot. That spot's never really done much for me. I know it's fun when you're there and you see like like uh, like local shows do it and stuff like that. I don't really like it on a big stage, but it was okay. What you guys think about it? Here's the thing about this match was to me that was just the story like told. Eddie Kingston comes out and cuts a ridiculously good promo, even for Eddie Kingston standards, and basically says like you talk you, your your whole things do the work and work ethic and he's like you grew up around has been legends like Arn anderson he's like i grew up with drunks and junkies and he's like i did the work and the announcers put him over really well and then they just have like this hard-hitting like 90s style all japan match like uh, excalibur even like said it and he goes and he grabs those thumbtacks and usually it's every time like the hardcore guy that grabs the thumbtacks and it's that person that goes into him. Right. And he grabs those thumbtacks and he dumps them out and it looks like Cody's going to get him in there, but no, he just fights back and he just power bombs Cody right on those goddamn thumbtacks on regular television. 
opening match, and I just popped so hard because it was just like the announcers are doing a great job telling Eddie Kingston's story, and like it was everything that you never expected to see in that kind of a match. Man, and Zach just really so made me sound like a cynical son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 Zach put that match over better than oh god you're right man okay you you convinced me it fucking ruled like I'm not even being I'm not even joking around uh Jason what'd you think no I got a big piggyback on two beers I was gonna say there was uh they made a comment about how he had to sell his boots to pay the mortgage because he wasn't wrestling in the pandemic and then he bought these boots the day of finding out from Tony Khan that he uh he had this match. So, I mean, for me, this was all about Eddie Kingston. Once again, another guy that we've seen here locally at Corey Pro shows that impressed me when I saw him then. So when I saw him come out, I was like, okay, you know, this is going to be good off the bat. Like uh, Tubir said, it was a great promo. I mean, yeah, Cody could be grinding, but Eddie Kingston to me was a, the definition of grinding, just the way he came across he just felt way more authentic. Not saying that Cody isn't, but Eddie Kingston to me felt like he was always grinding and always in that grit in the dirt. And the fact that he came out and had a, a great match just makes me wonder why in the hell he hasn't been signed before. I know he's, you know, he's bounced around from this organization, that organization. Most recently, I saw him in uh, NWA. Yeah, he was in NWA. Now he's here at. Uh, in AEW or whatever, I just I was really just surprised that somebody has not snatched him up at this point because I mean he does the two he does the one thing that most people can't do he can talk that alone should be God. able to get you a contract because to me that's half the battle if you can't talk four times a night you're not going to get people's attention uh, he can, you can do whatever you want to do in the ring but if you can't talk that's pretty much going to be a wrap. Can you imagine if, like, Ricochet could talk like that or something? He'd be the biggest Jesus star in the world. Um, he would have got six weeks instead of three. Right. Uh, so let's uh, – in the interest of time, I'm going to skip to the things that uh, interested me the most. There was an MJF versus Griff match. Uh, you know, MJF is – it was just keeping in line with his character. There was a, uh, a segment with – Darby Allen and Brian Cage and Taz and Mox and Ricky Starks came out. Um, we had an insane tag match between Butcher and the Blade and the Young Bucks. Just an absolutely insane tag match. I thought the Blade killed himself because he did a huh. he did a uh, tope suicida or he did, I'm sorry he did a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a swanton. And he hit his, he basically hit his jaw on a table that didn't break. And <laughs> there was nobody on the table. Young bucks end up going over doing, uh, they, they jump off the entrance way onto tables. what you think about that match, Zach? I know you liked it. Oh yeah. I love that. They started it in the kitchen because that's where you would find the butcher and the blade is in the kitchen. And, <laughs> They're doing like all these spots, like slams on these stainless steel prep tables, and they take it out to the goddamn production truck and they slam Nick Jackson's face into his own face. Yes, on the production. Truck. I was a big fan of that part too. <laughs> so good. And then they come in and have this crazy match, and then they end it by jumping off the goddamn stage. Like it was just bonkers. Like 
they did extreme rules on a Wednesday night for free better than WWE did extreme rules. And there's some asshole in the Ozarks who can't stream internet. So he paid fifty nine ninety nine on pay-per-view to watch that three-hour WWE show. It really uh, is amazing what competition does. And I, I was on, on the group chat last night. That's why I said to you guys. It's, it's just amazing because while that match was going on, there was a triple threat match over on NXT that was Bronson Reed versus Gargano versus Roderick Strong, which is also great. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Jason, what do you think about the tag match? I think it's time to start giving putting some uh, respect on Butcher and the Blade. I mean, yeah, I agree. I know they're, I know that they're you know kind of guys that are predominantly on a AEW dark, but I mean. They put it on. They put on a good match last night. Whether you like them or not, whether you like the gimmick or not, these guys put on a good fucking match, and they hung with arguably one of the best tag teams in the world for the better part of fifteen to twenty minutes. I didn't necessarily like the false count anywhere part. That to me is kind of Bill's last man standing uh, gimmick. It it is what it is, but the finish to me made it. A little more worth it. It didn't happen in the ring because I was I was starting to start to get mad when they were coming back towards the ring. I'm like, man, they pinned these guys in the ring. That totally takes away from the whole false count anywhere. But yeah, the uh, the swanton and the the elbow off the top from the uh, the bucks from each other. I, I thought that was absolutely an amazing spot. It just it was the it was a spot monkey spot, but nonetheless, it was a nice little period to end that match itself i thought like i said to me the, the takeaway from that is we need to start putting some respect on the butcher and the blade they can go you know what thank you for saying that because i thought it last night i was like god damn these guys are pretty good and i didn't say it but you're you're absolutely right man they they put on the last few times they've been out there they have put forth a really good effort and have had really entertaining matches even the butcher, who looks old as fuck and kind of looks like shit, but man, he's doing the nah, work in there. No, nah, last night was where I was like, okay, see, this is the guy. This is the team that I was kind of, you know, championing for when they first walked through the door. This is the guys that I wanted to see. That fucking tag division is loaded, and if you loaded. once you get everybody back, it's it's gonna be real interesting to see how things go from there. God, and like, like I keep referring to it, but. After that Good Brothers shoot interview that I listened to today, like they AEW really wanted them. Think of how stacked they'd be with those two motherfuckers. Um, we had Alan Angels uh, versus Hangman Page. Alan Angels is also known as Five now because I guess he's the fifth member of the Dark Order, or whatever the fuck. Uh, Hangman Page won. Dark Order and Brody Lee came out, offered Hangman Page a spot in the Dark Order. Hangman Page, of course, refused. Any thoughts on that, Jason? Uh, I tweeted about that on uh, about well, I guess it was this morning when I was watching it because obviously that doesn't make sense. But this is where, if you watch BTE, which I do not, I uh, know what Two Beer does. I don't watch. No, I don't watch Beyond the uh, Behind the Elite or whatever it is. I mean the Young Bucks show. Being, I don't being watch the Elite. It. Okay, the Young Bucks show. <laughs> right. <that's what> <laughs> I like saying. that. As far as I'm concerned, that's what it is. But Happy the backstory with that is, is that apparently uh, Paige signed up and filled out an application to be a part of the Dark Order. And, and never got back to him. And then it never got back to him. So in this week's episode, you see Paige coming up to Brody Lee and was like, you know, hey, what's up? 
you know, I, I, you know, I filled out this application. You guys never got back to me. And Brody Lee's like, what? You know, he, you can see him get ready to start to explode. He's all fabricated and shit or flabbergasted. So, I knew what you meant. So, then, so fast forward to last night. Now it makes sense. That ep- the episode was funny, but that part makes more sense if you watch Being the Elite because that was the part about Being the Elite. It captured, it takes that part from the show, adds it to uh, Dynamite. So it almost is like it, it's kind of forcing you in to watching the show now because you're going to see more angles. You'd understand more angles because they're putting angles on that show into a kind of like, Dynamite. Just- yeah, it just kind of adds like appreciation, and you don't like it's not like required viewing, but it like it's like little Easter eggs for if you do view, they give you little payoffs, and it kind of gives you, they they reward you for spending between ten and twenty minutes watching that you know a week like whenever they come out with it, so they just kind of give you a little nod. Um, I tell you what, I wasn't looking forward to this match. I didn't care about it, and then that guy I can wrestle like whatever's Alex Alex Angel Smalls. That's yes, sorry, what's his name? Alex Angels. Alex Angels. Or right? Alan, Alan Angels. And his name, Alan, Alan, yeah, whatever. It was a good match. Like, they gave him a lot of offense, and uh, he did some cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's just in a mask, and his name's Five, but, like, good wrestler, apparently. All right, and, Zach, what do you think about the main event, which was uh, Y2J and Jake Hager versus the Jurassic Express? Uh, the best friends come out and save Jurassic Express at the end, and next week we're having an inner circle versus Best Friends and Jurassic Express 5-on-5 match, which I assume will be the main event. Uh, what you think? Yeah, 5-on-5, 10-man. Like, uh, I'm stoked for it. Like, I texted, like, in that group text that we had. I was like, ah, I was like, goddamn Orange Cassidy's a main eventer. He's in the main event angle every single week now. And um, I love it. Like, I saw an ESPN article. Somebody interviewed him from ESPN, and they said, like, Orange Cassidy, unlikely breakout star of 2020. And they're like, yeah, then I, now that they've given you the ball, are you going to run with it? And he's like, nah, I'll walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's so it, fucking man. good. That's such a perfect answer. Um, uh, let's uh, hold on a second. This is banned from ringside. Let's move on to NXT. Uh, NXT opened with Dexter Loomis versus Killian Dane. I think that Killian Dane probably deserves more than being the middle card gatekeeper as just the jobber for the middle cards uh, for guys that are coming up. Dexter Loomis, it's hard to tell how much he, how much he's getting over because there's no crowd. His music is terrible. He's got a terrible baby face gimmick because he's supposed to be like a serial killer or something. Yet the guy can fucking go. Uh, so, uh, Zach, what do you think about the Loomis? Um, I mean, like, Dexter Loomis, it seems like they're all in on him. I hate his gimmick, even though, you know, like that Stranger Things knockoff music. I've said it before. I feel like it would take a lot for me to hate him, even though he's, like, creative in the ring and he's, like, a little bit different. But um, I just, I'm not into it. And I feel like that it's because... They want me to like him, but they haven't really given me any, like, good reasons. Like, they haven't put him in a good position for me to like him. And it ain't working whenever you open it with Killian Dane and him one-on-one. I didn't give a single shit about this match, even a little bit, um, especially in comparison to what was the awesome shit that was going on on the other channel. Like, this is not what you put up against that. No, but, they should. Um, they should. Saying, Go ahead. What's that? I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
oh yeah it's just like i'm not saying you gotta like counter program exactly or anything but like i just wasn't in this match like in the first place at all jason um i think we buried the lead to be perfectly honest keith lee relinquishing the nxt uh north american title didn't that right happen the show. Th- that happened that after. happened first that happened yeah. next though right no that led off the show i thought oh i i wrote them down in reverse order then okay Which is so bonkers making... to me it just totally like you know like i'm sure jason has a lot to say about it so i'll be brief okay but it yeah was like, let's not talk why? about loomis and dane i thought that happened next go ahead Zach, tell me what happened. Why, All right. Why did they unify these titles? And the answer is for a ratings pop one night. It meant nothing. And they straight up told us the next week that it meant nothing. Like, regardless of the lip service and Keith Lee's, like, promo about, you know, these guys, like, it takes a lot. They have to work hard. And I want to give them, you know, something to work for. Like, they, there was no story to this whatsoever. They just threw it together and then they got rid of it and it's done. And it's stupid. Jason. I mean, no. There's. I mean, I'm not gonna go on my usual rant. I, I, the fact that I, you guys are telling me no. The fact that you tell me I'm right is is to me vindication because I was the one of the few that came out and said that I didn't like it and caught shit for it. Not from you guys, but people were like, "How can you not like this? This is a, this is a great idea." No, it's not a great idea because you got guys that first match right there that we talked about: Killian Dane and Dexter Loomis, two guys. Either one can be the North American title, but they can't be the North American title when Keith Lee has the North American championship, okay? They did it for the rating. That's fine. But don't sit up here and tell me one thing when He's you're clearly up. doing it for another reason. The only re- the only thing that I, that I liked about it is that Keith Lee made the announcement, so that makes Keith Lee look like more of the perennial baby face. But outside of that, Please, it's about to say they didn't do anything that they that I didn't know already, and that they shouldn't have done to begin with. Jason, stupid idea. I'm glad that you have Twitter because there are things that Zach and I are not going to argue with you about because we agree with you about. But because there's a bunch of fucking idiots on Twitter, you can get mad at them and <laughs> pretend that you're mad on the podcast because you're mad at some. <laughs> fucking douchebag in nova scotia and you can start talking about how big of a fucking cunt this guy is and how he doesn't know shit and it's perfect for you because you can keep that fire baby never lose that fire uh uh, i'm gonna skip past brazongo and Everrise, even though i think that matt martell is really cool Uh, i'm gonna skip past shotzi and leah for the purposes of time i'm gonna get to this triple threat match did you guys watch the triple threat match because it was a creative. Oh, yeah. It was creative match with maybe my two favorite workers in NXT, Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano, who had uh, they were doing most of the work, and uh, the big boy Bronson Reed uh, swoops in and grabs the win. I thought it was a, a well told story. I enjoyed the fuck out of the match. You know, there's there's different types of matches you know there's hardcore matches like cody and eddie kingston there are spot fests with butcher and the blade and the young bucks and then there are well-tooled triple threat matches you guys know you guys <laughs> ever heard that i like triple threat matches <laughs> i thought May that i have the bill vakey special please i thought this match was great i liked uh that bronson reed went on to win what you guys think about it 
Um, I'll go first. I, I was skeptical just because of what lip service gives from WWE. Keith Lee, you know, basically said that this was going to be for guys to get their chance. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, here's the chance. Are they going to actually, you know, pull the trigger on it? Because I figure you're going to need some sort of star power for a takeover ladder match in four weeks. And they pulled the trigger. I mean, let's let's be real for 30 seconds. Roddy's probably moving on with Undisputed Era whenever they move up. And Johnny Gargano really doesn't need this right now. Bronson Reed probably needs it the most. The fact that they pulled the trigger was a little surprising to me. And the match itself was really good. I was going to say, I didn't even think about uh, Bronson Reed coming off the top until he's like literally right above crashing down on. uh, That's the beauty of the triple threat, man. That's the beauty of the triple threat. When they do, when you do it right, it it become it can be a really good match itself. And they were telling the story of the, can the two heels get along long enough to beat down the big guy, but then figure out a way to get the other heel off of them long enough for the three seconds it's going to take to pin the big guy. So I mean, it was all like one big circle. But Bronson Reed came out of it, and to me, that's that's what I want from NXT in certain scenarios this is one of those times where they got the booking right these other two guys really didn't need to win this match Bronson Reed kind of needed to win this match Zach what'd you think I like all kinds of triple threats I like the triple threats with stepmom son and girlfriend I like the triple threats with stepbrother and stepsister and mom Mm -hmm. but my favorite triple Mm -hmm. threats Involved Johnny Gargano and or Roderick Strong. And this was just really good. You should have no-sold him, Jason. Go ahead, Zach. (laughs) I could, man. I could. I could. That's really all I got. That's really all I got. Like, it was a really good match, man. Like, uh, they they did a really good job. You guys nailed it. All right. So uh, then we had uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan in a rematch. Uh, I I love watching these two guys fight actually like i think that they fight really well together i think that they have good chemistry and it's always hard hitting not much more to say than that thatcher got another another win the only thing i have to say is like why not advertise this match like they had a banger match the previous mm-hmm. week like can't you just tell us that it's gonna be on you already taped it like i would I wish- be much more likely to tune in to see that awesome match i think you could go back on bfr podcasts for a long way and find me to be a big fan of Oni Lorcan. I think that the guy just puts on really cool matches, and I think that he's really hard-hitting, and everything looks very realistic. And Do you follow him on Twitter, too? Yeah, he's a great follow. He's one of the most – he's a great follow. He's one of the best wrestling follows there are. I just think he's a – I just think – I'm a big fan of him, and I wish that he wasn't a jobber, and I'm glad that they kind of let him and Thatcher go at it for a little while longer. Um, we, we, we gotta, we gotta keep going. Carrying Cross versus Dominic Dijak, Dijakovic, uh, in the Maybe main, the ev- in the main event for the me of the show, uh, they had a match that told a story and the story was to serve a bigger purpose, which was the Carrying Cross versus Keith Lee upcoming match. They did a really good job of telling that story. Um, Dijakovic was getting his ass kicked, refused to tap out, refused to give up. Keith Lee came down, wanted to throw in the towel. Dijakovic told him, 
nope, you can't do it. This is my call. This is my call. I thought it was a really well done angle. Might not be the most exciting main event angle, but it was definitely uh, effective. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, it was great. Uh, it seems like they're definitely giving us like a worthwhile build. Like this is like a, a golden era NXT takeover level build, right? Like you know we've talked a lot about them hot shotting like lately, and they are letting this one play out. And these guys are both big star power and. This was a really well shot, well produced, well like performed angle. Like this was a main event angle and it was cool. What do you think, Jason? I'm assuming that we've all seen Rocky Four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen Rocky Four. This was Rocky Four. Okay. Where Dykovich is Rocky. Oh, I'm sorry, Dykovich is Apollo. Cross plays Drago, and Keith Lee is Rocky. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's what I thought of when I saw this, because immediately that's why I'm like, okay, where have I seen this before? Oh, yeah, this is Rocky Four. Don't throw in the towel. It's not your call. Okay, man, where Keith Lee's sitting outside watching this thing unfold, watching you get your ass handed to you, I'm thinking it's like, okay, this is the chance to save your friend, and your friend's telling you not to do it. You know don't what? Don't get me wrong. There might be some millennials out here that don't know what Rocky Four is. So tell that story <laughs> over again, man. It's a good story. Rocky Four. Long story short is Apollo Creed challenges Ivan Drago, who is a. No, you don't have to retell Rocky athlete. Four. Just go watch it. I'm just going to say this to everybody out there Rocky Four, actually, hot take, better than Rocky One. Go ahead, Jason. Ooh. That's a hot take. <laughs> it's the best Holy one. Shit. Oh, it's the best one. Yeah, it looks oh current. My God, know, it looks current. I don't know. Okay, I'm not even gonna go there. We we could argue that for another time. I'll just say this: despite the fact that I've seen the angle before, it ultimately works because now I'm like, okay, now you piss Keith Lee off. We're gonna have to see how Keith Lee is going to react to it. Oh is yeah, he gonna be more aggressive going after Cross. Is this gonna be now where he's chasing down Cross, or this right. is gonna be the usual? Baby face, I'll catch him when I catch him, and then I'll hand him in at that point. But all in all, I thought the match was good. The angle was good. I just let's see them the cut some promos on each other. Let's see him cut some promos on each other. And the only flip side about it is now that Keith Lee has given up one belt, it might be easier to get him off the second belt. And that's where I think we're we might be going because Cross is is white hot right now. He just got rid of. Djokovic, Dykovic, I'm sorry, lasted longer You've than You've tried Chapman a lot of times to say that name. You haven't you yeah, haven't right? said the name right yet. Dykovic lasted longer than Ciampa did. And Ciampa has been seen Hold on, what's his name? Dykovic. No. Dijakovic. 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 Whatever. Trump trying to say totalitarianism. Or like Trump trying to say anonymous. Okay, well, anonymously, anonymously. <laughs> okay, that's I'm just why fucking I'm around, away dude. From that. Okay, I'm bad, man. Shit, <laughs> I'm just fucking around with you. I'm being a I'm dickhead. Not <laughs> you know, I was listening to a podcast of ours when we were all together in the same room not that long ago, and I was like, God damn, it's better when they're in the same room. So, hey, all you listeners out there, when we get in the same room. 
it won't be as disjointed as this. I know this is still pretty good stuff, but man, I I miss being in the same room as you guys. Um, any other thoughts about the Monday Night War or the Wednesday Night Wars? I should say before we get into the next part. Just a just a quick update. If you're like, I know like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't really care about ratings, but like you really need to That'd care about me. ratings if you're like a but if you're like a wrestling fan, like uh, the people that pay the money for us to see the wrestling do care about ratings so quick heads up uh, besides the lowest raw numbers aw jericho is still the demo god aw doubled nxt in every single demo or every single demo of every single segment this week mm. and they just murdered them uh, outside of the the thing so i mean like wwe is not going anywhere nxt is not going anywhere uh usa doesn't have shit else for programming but it is really good to see AEW doing well and TNT being happy because they continue to give these guys money so that they can give the guys that we like to watch money. And it is also worth noting that last week there was 6,000 guys between 18 and 34 that watched NXT. And I do not, I'm not even exaggerating. There was 6,000 guys. Like, I just fell out of that demo. I'm 35. Uh, so, like... That's crazy. No, like, that that is that's crazy. That's an amazing stat, and ratings are important. And you know what? When we were talking about eight, like we've been doing the podcast long enough. When we were talking about AEW coming in, this is the best we could have hoped for because WWE is not going to tuck tail and run and say, you know what, we lost those guys on Wednesday night. We're going to put NXT back on the network or something. What NXT is going to do is try to get better and better and better. And this is exactly what we wanted. All we wanted was competition because competition, you know, is going to rise the tide for all the boats. And this is actually perfect because I get to watch both and we do a podcast about it. And NXT is not necessarily bad. It's just not AEW. Okay. Well, I mean, damn, man. I, don't, I think we're getting shitting a little too much on NXT. I didn't think AEW was twice as good as NXT, and that's what the ratings kind of say. Yeah, th- that's in that that's, aspect. Yeah, but that's not what that's not what ratings are, though. It's not if you thought it was twice as good. It's just, just that twice as many people in a certain people, age group are okay. Are that's what I'm saying. I mean, so, whatever you want to Jason, you want to spin it, that's basically what this is boiling down to. Jason, if you had, if you could only watch one, which one would you watch? I know that when my when it turns to seven o'clock on Wednesday and I'm sitting in front of my TV, I'm turning on AEW. I might flip back, but I want to see what AEW is doing first. It, it 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 would depend on which show is better. Now, if you're saying I can only watch one for the rest of my life, that's a totally different question. But honestly, it what I watch first is which show makes me want to watch it. If there's two title matches on one show and no title matches on the other show. I'm watching the show that has yeah, but you're, you're yeah, but you are such a small percentage. We're we are such small percentages of wrestling fans. Like we Do think you know what the average age of an NXT viewer is forty five. Dude, it is fucking older than Triple H. It like it is high fifties. No like way, fifty seven. Fifty seven. I'm almost positive. It's high fifties. I don't know. I can't remember. That's almost as old as Jason. Dude, I know. All right, I'm done, Jason. That's my last one tonight. I promise. Isn't that crazy, though? <laughs> you ain't shit. This thing that we get excited about and talk about every single week and, like, 
on that side of the fence, like the NXT side of the people that are watching it, uh, that probably aren't watching AEW uh, because they don't win those demos. They don't have people over fifty watching AEW, but NXT has almost exclusively people. Wait, over 50, but and hold that's crazy. Hold on, let me push back a little bit on this. What's the average age of AEW? They don't have old people watching AEW. They lose that demo every single time because they're all watching NXT. That makes sense. It told. I could. I could see that argument on Twitter, and that makes total sense. God, I'm, hardcore I, WWE marks are usually older, and they don't. Nest, they don't get it down for the flippy, you know, spot monkey fest that. I'll tell Some you what, as a, as a guy who accept. as a guy who loves Twitter, I'm glad I don't spend that much time on wrestling Twitter. By the way, you can wrestling follow me. Could be, get bad. By the way, you can follow me at Ursa underscore Turbo uh, <laughs> for my other shit. Uh, guys, let's uh, that's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Okay, let's get into this NXT takeover. We got about 15 minutes. Um, it was a deuce. It was a deuce. Uh, it started off with Andrade's Andrade seeing all this, his first appearance on an NXT takeover. He fought Ty Dillinger, uh, in what ended up being a real, just a real showcase for Andrade. And for that, I give it two and a half stars because Andrade looked fucking amazing Besides the hat that they made him wear, what do you think, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I gave it three Charlotte stars. That hat. <laughs> what you said? Even thinking about Charlotte <laughs> at that point. You gave it three uh, stars. No, I gave it three stars. Yeah, I was going to say uh, this was to, to me more of the the breaking out of the Ty Dillinger Perfect Ten gimmick, where Full Sail basically jumped on that and kind of made it into its own little running quote-unquote joke, so to speak. Um, I thought Andrade and Dillinger had a really good match. Dillinger kept up with him for the most part. Andrade, obviously, the bigger star coming into this. But all in all, it was a, it was a better match than I remember it being. I gave it three stars. What'd you give it, Zach? I was right in the middle of you guys. I gave it two and three-quarter. Um, I thought it was interesting that Almas, even though he is such a bigger star as El Sombre, um internationally and has like much bigger star potential than Sean Spears. He's like a good wrestler and all, but that NXT crowd loved that perfect Jobber. 10 gimmick. And he just, he totally outshone almost like even like as a star, wow. right? Not in the ring because almost is way better and way more sensational. And this was like a showcase, but like coming out, I know it was his first time in NXT and job, like that's a smarky crowd, but I guess they just don't watch like Mexican wrestling. I don't know. Like it was like, he got a pop, but like that perfect ten pop was way more. So I don't know. That was it. Was just that was kind of weird to me. All right. Anyway, coming up next, we had American Alpha versus Revival. I'll let you guys go first. Jason, go ahead. Uh, the, the, the shit. The rematch. Why are you playing? Uh, to say, uh, I gave it three and a half stars. I, I thought the first match was good. I thought this match told a bit of a better story. The action was going to be great regardless. Because, I mean, realistically, at the time, you had two of the best tag teams probably that WWE in general had on any of their rosters in the ring at the same time. Um, so you thought, this one told a that, you thought this one told a better story? 
And you're giving it three and a half stars because on the last one, you gave it 4.25 stars. By the end, it took the, the better story in the sense that the revival of now made a history that nobody, I wouldn't have thought they were going to be two-time champs. Nobody at that point had been two-time champs. For me, that to me is the better story. It's not where Gable and Jordan are trying to fight from underneath their faces. That's what they're pretty much going to do, you know, injuries and overcoming injuries is what baby faces do being two-time champs making history that's something entirely different what you give it zach i give it four stars exactly it was really good as you would expect um i could not believe how good jason jordan's drop kicks were he stole my shit you stole my shit yes i was just gonna say that i had written down jj drop kick Dude, it's like if I could do something that good and then I wasn't able to do it anymore, oh, I'd be so sad. Uh, like he was so talented and athletic, and yeah. I hope that he has a long career in WWE, and I hope he does not end up as one of these guys that is furloughed um, because, uh, man, he – it was – it's just – I. It sucks that he was robbed of his career. We were robbed of like seeing him because he's really good. Yeah, he's so good. American Alpha was so good. Revival was so good with them. That's two takeovers in a row that I gave him 4.25 last time. I gave him a, a four this time. Um, they were it's, – it's such a fun match. The Revival are such good heels. They're such good, uh, you know, Wiley Coyotes – for the American Alpha guys who were just, you know, like sometimes they both, they're both like stunned and they're both like walking around looking stupid, waiting to take the next bump. Jason Jordan is an, ins- is he had an insane match in this match. I had JJ dropkick written down in my notes, Jason Jordan before the Kurt Angle thing. And you can see where they got the Kurt Angle thing from, because he even does the thing where he rips down both of his, yeah. uh, Oh, sh- shoulder so straps, you know. Uh, I it's give like it- when Okada does like the rainmaker pose. You know, you know yeah. it's coming every time. Yeah. It- also, another guy who probably throws the best drop kick in the world. I could absolutely. I could watch American Alpha and Revival fight forever, and it just goes to show how bad they fucked up American Alpha and the Revival once again. I mean, when you let these guys stretch their legs in these. 15 minute matches in front of hot crowds and then they come up to the main roster and everything's neutered it just i don't know you just wish they could do it forever okay austin aries versus austin aries versus nakamura um i gave it three and a half stars mostly because of nakamura nakamura in front of a hot crowd's a lot of fun what'd you give it zach I gave it three and a quarter. It just wasn't that exciting to me. Um, I mean, I Nakamura definitely has that charisma, and in front of a hot crowd, he's awesome. And I feel like Austin Aries worked really hard, but I didn't. I wasn't necessarily feeling any kind of like real like chemistry. I guess like it just it was a match on the card, and it was very serviceable, and it was definitely like takeover like worthy. But, like, when I think of those two names, uh, I think of something better than this. I agree. Uh, what do you think, Jason? 
I gave the same grade that Zach gave three and a quarter. Um, it was it was a little disjointed at first, but I think once they got it going, you end up getting a really good hot match towards the end. But it was just, it just felt like it was a forced angle where they didn't have an, a plan for either of these guys. So why not put them in the ring together? And it kind of felt that way. But all in all, it wasn't the worst match that I've seen by any stretch of the imagination. It just I just expected a little more and watching it again, it fell flat a second time just because of these two guys should have had a better match. It should have been a bigger build versus, you know, the week, a one week build. And then now you make this match. I mean, I get it, but it just didn't end up working out. So like I said, three and a quarter for me. Nia Jax versus Oscar Zach. Uh, two stars. Ooh, that's exactly that's what I got. gave it. Not much to say. Jason, what you give it? I gave it two and a half. Um, Mark? It just kind of been there, done that. <laughs> Not much else really needs to be said on that. All right. Then we had Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor in a, I mean, really a banger of a steel cage match. Uh, I was a little thrown off by by this because I thought that the demon had never lost. <laughs> I totally, like, this totally threw me off. I, I, I was like, he came out, and I was like, ah, oh, demon, he's going to win. I was like, but I don't really remember that like being the case, right? Did and Zach then, put that in my head, though, after all these years that the demon's never lost? Because the demon loses like here. It has, to be, it has to be his only loss because, I mean. No, I'm pretty sure that this was thrown out by WWE main roster as well when, he, when they, he came up to the main roster. So, I mean, I don't think we just made this up. I think that there was something behind it. Listen, you can't. You can't kick out of a muscle buster from the second rope. You just can't. <laughs> and when and when he went to do it, I was like, oh, he's going to fucking kill him. I gave it four stars. What'd you give it, Zach? I gave it three and three quarters. I don't like, I don't know if it was the stip, like the cage match itself. Like, I feel like, again, like these guys are set up to have much better matches because they're both like mega talents. Um, I don't know, like. Maybe it was the – it wasn't the work at all. Like, I really think it was the cage that just, like, didn't do it for me because, you know, the climbing and the – I don't know. I just don't – I don't like it as much. Like, I just don't know that it required – maybe it was because I wasn't watching the build and I didn't think it required it. And I know that it's, like, the third time because it was also confusing to me because Samoa Joe was champion, but last time, like, Finn was, but then he had won it on a house show – and so it was just like, I don't know. It was like a good main event, but it unfortunately wasn't the best match on the show. And that's why it's three and three quarters, because I like that revival match more. So it's got to be a little bit above it. What'd you give it, Jason? Uh, I gave it three and three quarter stars. Um, I get it. it. It was kind of a fatigue factor with them going three straight times, especially with the way story was being told but the, the match beforehand where you kind of had them stop and start the match because Joe was bleeding I think kind of forced their hand and put them into this match where you kind of had to up the stakes a little bit so that's why I think you got the cage uh, step added to it but it wasn't their best match it wasn't a, a five star match like I said somewhere in the middle three and three quarters is where I gave it I'll stick to it 
All right, and that is our takeover do-over for this week. I'm trying to figure out what the next week's is, and there's no pay-per-views this week. So if you guys want to watch along, we are not going to uh, – we're not going to skip next week's. Next week is NXT Brooklyn 2, and the matches are Ty Dillinger versus Wesley Blake, the Authors of Pain versus TM61, Austin Aries versus No Way Jose, Ember Moon and Billy Kay, Bobby Roode and Andrade C. and Almas, The Revival versus DIY, Asuka versus Bailey, and Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. God damn, that's a mm-hmm. big takeover card, but mm-hmm. we got we got to get some odds and ends. This is banned from ringside. Okay, so I just want to talk about this real fast. If you guys have not listened to the Talk In Shop podcast of... Uh, the Good Brothers, where they're getting interviewed by Wright and Satin, and they talk about their release from WWE and all the drama that went along with them being released from WWE after they had turned down New Japan offers and AEW offers. It is definitely worth listening to because they don't necessarily bury Triple H. In fact, they kind of protect Triple H a little bit at the end. Triple H definitely told them a lot of stuff that didn't come true. Paul Heyman definitely told them a lot of stuff where they bury the fuck out of Paul Heyman, and they say in the podcast that AJ Styles, they call him Allen throughout the podcast, AJ Styles has given them permission to bury the fuck out of Paul Heyman. And they said, and AJ Styles told him, yep, go ahead and bury the fuck out of him because he's a fucking liar. They fucking hate Paul Heyman. It is worth a listen. It's about an hour and a half. Uh, the Good Brothers seem like really fun guys. They actually seem like guys we would like to hang out with, actually. <laughs> they, they're pretty cool, but it is a shoot interview. Did you guys listen to it at all? I didn't. Plus, Carl's got that hot Asian wife, you know? He's got that hot Asian wife. Nice. Carl, I, I mean, they talk about the Saudi thing going on. They they talk about a lot of stuff. It is a fun listen, and no, I it's it's a nice eye opener in the sense that what what I've been saying or what people have been saying. I'll just use me things that I've thought and things that I've said have been confirmed by the Good Brothers by Eric Young. EC3 came out with a good interview. I guess that was the week of Slammiversary, and a lot of guys are saying, are basically starting to say the same thing, so as far as I'm concerned, it's now getting to the point where we can't look at the talent anymore. We need to start looking at you know, creative events, so on and so forth. If you enjoy shoot interviews, I'm telling you guys, that interview is a fucking shoot, and it's good. Uh, we already talked about the shitty ratings. Uh, the Hurt Business added Shelton Benjamin like I said for Vince McMahon, I think I said you this mean last the week. Of domination? I think I said this. God damn it! I think I said this last week that it's pretty much the Negro Leagues for Vince. Like he's got him in the mid card. Um, let's see. Uh, I think we have somebody who's, uh, you know, qualified to talk about this about the Negro Leagues. Zach, what do you think? Hey, hey, Zach, start with Josh Gibson. Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead, Jason. (laughs) I was going to say, 
Josh Gibson is a good start. Satchel Page always works. <laughs> All right. What had happened was. <laughs> okay, we got some birthdays coming up this week. Uh, we got some birthdays this week. Tori Wilson is 45. Zach Sabre Jr. is 33. Angela Dawkins is 30. Finn Balor, happy birthday, 39. Roderick Strong is 37. Marty Skrull. 32, Tessa Blanchard, 25, Doink, the original. Twice the age of the girl that he slept with. Doink, 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 the original is 63, Dolph Ziggler is 40, Hunter Hearst Helmsley is 51, Shannon Moore is 41, Hangman Page is 29, I told you it was a big week, Noam Dar is 27, Nick Jackson is 31, Sammy Guevara is 27, Captain Lou Albano, RIP, would have been 87, and Scott Steiner is 58. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For FMB Eatery, Check. for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Lucha Chris, for Xander the Sandman Xander, my cat who I'm writing on. For two beers, Zach Pullman. For Bo Vice Geesman. For Jason Cornelius Bell. You guys got anybody else to shout out? Kanichiwa, bitches. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Go ahead. No, shout out to my cast. Boo the heels. Boo. <laughs>